Hi everyone, my name is Dr. Michael Walden. You're listening to Ask the Blood Detective and today's show topic is a really fundamental one, one that applies to everyone and it has to do with how problems with blood sugar affect your body. I'd like to also remind everyone that I've done a show on blood sugar before and it was called Sugar, the Good, the Bad and the Ugly. But there's something different about today's concept about sugar. I'll be discussing how a variety of factors in life can affect blood sugar beyond sugar itself. That's right. A lot of people that I see are quite surprised to learn that your blood sugar can be affected by things such as hormones, inflammation, stress, injury, psychological issues, toxins. Those are just a few examples of factors that can and often do affect your blood sugar. So the limitation that I see is that, again, over 28 years of doing this type of work, is that most individuals focus almost exclusively on their sugar intake in their diet. There's a few problems with this. First of all, every single thing that you eat, proteins, and let's say healthy carbohydrates like fruits and vegetables, and also fats, all of these things, proteins, healthy carbohydrates and fats, ultimately break down into the sugar glucose. And glucose is that fundamental form of simple sugar that is required for all of our body cells to function. The problem though, with protein, carbohydrates and fats, creating real blood sugar problems in an individual is how the body metabolizes those healthy carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. If the body manages metabolically the breakdown of protein, carbs, and fats, and let's just call it a healthy way, then a person's blood sugar is generally fine. But if the body for a myriad of reasons does not in a healthy way break down protein, carbohydrates, and fats to that ultimate common fundamental sugar, glucose, then we run into problems. So what I'll be doing on this show today is to be discussing in a lot of detail how and why sugar problems affect you in ways you may have not ever thought about. For those of you just joining, thank you so much for listening in today. My name is Dr. Michael Wald, and my office is located in Westchester, New York, in a cute little town uh, called Mount Kisco. For you to take a note to join me for my grand opening in my office in Katona, New York, on October 26th, from 3.30 p.m. all the way until 7.30 p.m. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll get to meet you shake your hand. I'll be providing short talks on different nutrition topics. There'll be vegan and vegetarian food samples for everyone, 
a free, healthy uh, bag of prizes and healthy products. I'll give you a tour of the new office, including all the high-tech uh, facilities from the hyperbaric chambers to the lab, all sorts of fun things. So in order to RSVP for the October 26th grand opening of my office in Katona, New York, which by the way, is easy to get to from Grand Central Station. You simply take the Metro North to Golden's Bridge Station. And it's just a few minutes away by cab. So I hope that each and every one of you uh, mark your calendars for October 26th and you RSVP by emailing me at info at blooddetective.com or you can give me a call at 914-552-1442. So let me lay some groundwork uh, regarding uh, blood sugar in general. First of all, as I mentioned, every single cell in your body needs and requires energy to function. And the main source of energy might come as a surprise to you, as I mentioned, but it is sugar, also known as glucose. That's a particular form of sugar. And there's other forms. There's sucrose and there's fructose and the list goes on and on. Blood sugar is essential for proper brain function, for cardiac function, that means heart and the rest of the cardiovascular system, and even digestive, uh, even the digestive system. So if there are problems with blood sugar, uh, it could show up as chronic digestive problems. It could show up as palpitations or uh, fuzzy thinking, for example. If a particular organ is affected by a blood sugar problem, the symptoms of that blood sugar problem, whether it's low blood sugar or hypoglycemia or high blood sugar, could masquerade as problems that look like those organ problems and not what you would think of would actually be low blood sugar. And I'll tell you in a minute a little more what I mean by that. So blood sugar is absolutely essential to brain function. So if you have blood sugar problems in the brain, you might be depressed. You might have anxiety. You might even have symptoms that look like bipolar disorder. They might even look like schizoid disorder as well, or even schizophrenia. Blood sugar is also vital for keeping your skin and your vision healthy. So when a person starts to lose their vision, the first thing you do is they run to the ophthalmologist or optometrist. And nine out of 10 of you will get new, stronger glasses, which make your vision even weaker when the problem was actually a blood sugar problem. Or perhaps your skin is itchy or it's dry and wrinkling excessively, those symptoms also can be blood sugar problems. So when blood sugar levels fall below a certain normal range, and we've all had blood tests before, and there've been a normal range of glucose as well as everything else on a blood test, cholesterol, red blood cells, etc. But when the blood cells, when the blood sugar falls beyond a certain range, we call it hypoglycemia. So hypo is low and hyper is high. As far as hypoglycemia, there's tons of identifiable symptoms of low blood sugar. And the only way to know if you have blood sugar is to take a blood glucose test. So there's glucose levels, and they're best taken if you're fasting. Usually you'd want to take the test in the morning after you've fasted 
after dinner and not eaten anything, although water is usually permitted. And other tests for glucose include something called fructosamine. That's right, fructosamine. That's a two-week or so average of blood sugar. And then there's the six to eight-week average of blood sugar test called hemoglobin A1C. That's hemoglobin A1C. That's the, the test you usually hear about that has to do with testing for diabetes. It's also called glycosylated hemoglobin. See, the problem, though, is you might have a blood sugar problem, but your blood glucose may be normal because your blood sugar levels may be abnormally low at times other than when you're actually measuring. Or maybe you do have blood sugar levels or blood glucose levels that are going up and down, but if you're measuring a test called fructosamine that I just mentioned, which is a two-week average of blood sugar, the average fructosamine can look normal, even though maybe a third of the time your blood sugar is low and the rest of the time it's okay. So the average over two weeks is actually fine. So your internist or your family doctor or your endocrinologist, your hormone doctor looks at the fructosamine and looks at the glucose and says, well, yeah, it sounds and looks like you're experiencing hypoglycemia, but your tests are fine. So that would just be a wrong way of interpreting tests. And then there is the hemoglobin A1C or the glycosylated hemoglobin. And I mentioned that that is about a six to eight week average of blood sugar has the same limitations. A person may have normal blood sugar levels, let's say a third of the time, a half of the time, two thirds of the time, and have low blood sugar levels the rest of the time, giving you an average hemoglobin A1C that's normal. So it's very important to, particularly for doctors, to read laboratory tests in context with the person's symptoms so that the practitioner is not thrown off by what looks like is a normal test. And let's not forget, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, there are lots of different causes of low blood sugar other than blood sugar. And low blood sugar problems may never show up as measurably low blood sugar, but may show up as abnormalities in your chemistry and on a lab report of the organ or organs that are affected by low blood sugar. What is astounding to me, because I, I teach lab, I teach how doctors and practitioners how to, read, how to read laboratory work, and I've published a 500-page text called the Anti-Aging Encyclopedia of Laboratory Tests, I can tell you from teaching so many practitioners that if you have symptoms of hypoglycemia and none of those three tests I just mentioned show anything, Practitioners get fooled into thinking you somehow do not have low blood sugar. So let me spend a few minutes talking about the symptoms and how problems with low blood sugar affect the organs so that you could recognize them more obviously. So for example, the brain uses as a secondary fuel glucose to function. And if there is hypoglycemia in the brain tissue, it doesn't have to show up in the blood. It doesn't have to look like low blood sugar. It doesn't have to look like low fructosamine or low hemoglobin A1C. We can have low blood sugar in the brain, in the nervous system, and that could cause seizures or cause something that's 
not a seizure, but something kind of similar, like a spasming of muscles or twitching of extremities. So people see me and they say, how come my eye muscles flickering all the time? And that sometimes is a sign of central nervous system hypoglycemia, low blood sugar in the brain. So folks, what I'm saying is that you can have low blood sugar in your brain, but not low blood sugar in the blood test that you measure for blood sugar glucose. And also, when we have low blood sugar issues in the nervous system, it can look like Tourette syndrome, it can look like any autistic symptom on the, on the spectrum, it could look like uh, ADD, attention deficit issues, are certainly caused by and exacerbated by low brain sugar. Even a loss of consciousness can occur from low blood sugar in the brain. And if you've never experienced loss of consciousness, you might experience something just less of that, meaning altered state of consciousness where you're not quite present, you feel a bit disconnected. Very, very common. People will sit in front of me and say, Dr. Wald, I just don't, I feel like I'm floating sometimes. I feel like I'm light. My brain feels disconnected. I feel disconnected to, to my reality. And of course, if an individual goes to their psychiatrist or psychologist with these symptoms, that practitioner will categorize and pigeonhole that patient with a mental emotional disorder and not really what the disorder might be, which is low blood sugar in the central nervous system. What's so astounding and even shocking to me is how rarely people in the mental health fields actually measure laboratory tests. I just don't get it. When I was doing my medical rotation at, uh, in pediatrics actually, and it also had a medical rotation uh, treating adults in a psych ward, I looked at the laboratory tests on my own. There was a stockpile of files and I was curious. And a good number, I would say at least 40% and possibly more of every chart that I looked into showed that the patient happened to be hypoglycemia. That was actually obvious. And it was not at all discussed with the patient. Don't ask me why. Why? It just wasn't. So what else can blood sugar problems cause when they also may be not very obvious on blood testing or at all apparent? And that would be sleep disturbances. So if your blood sugar levels drop while you're sleeping, for example, you might experience nightmares or you might cry out in your sleep. You might have breathing difficulties which are misdiagnosed as sleep apnea. So again, sleep disturbances. So already we're discussing things that can happen to your body from low blood sugar in your brain. Also problems in thinking or what we call muddled thinking. So you might find that normal simple tasks uh, very, are very difficult due to trouble with concentrations and just confusion. You're just not as sharp as you used to be. I saw a gentleman just yesterday too. He was in his late 70s. He was clearly intelligent, but he became quite emotional. And this has been a chronic ongoing thing over the last three years for him. 
He's been unable to continue working in his um, workshop at home. He works with different metals and, and things of that nature. And he was lightheaded all the time. He's had MRIs done. He's had blood tests done. And he said that none of the different doctors could find out what was wrong with him. With just a, a fairly brief conversation, I came up with the idea that he was getting toxic metal poisoning in his workshop, which was causing problems with his blood sugar, but also the metals themselves were directly toxic to his nervous system, causing the emotionality and the lightheadedness and the problems with his thinking. And these are things that I determined in just minutes not because I'm so super smart, although I'd like to think I've got decent intelligence, but it's really a matter of what we've talked about in prior blood detective shows, a holistic mindedness, where we're considering as many possible triggers of different health problems and viewing the person such as yourself, and in my case, viewing a patient within the context of all these possible considerations. So if I am sitting before a person like this gentleman and trying to consider why he might have lightheadedness, I wouldn't just be thinking about his electrolytes. I wouldn't just be thinking about, well, you're kind of getting old and this happens sometimes, which by the way, everyone, that's what he was told. He was told well, you're getting old. It's not that. It's just that some of us just age poorly or are exposed to toxins that create these sorts of issues. Loss of consciousness is another manifestation of low blood sugar if it's left untreated. I myself, as a teenager, had severe hypoglycemia. I remember once sitting on a bus and starting to shake and get cold. My mouth got dry, my vision got blurry, and before I knew it, I had fallen to the side, lying on the seat next to me, shaking. Now, this was Brooklyn in the 80s, and no one even inquired as to what was going on with me. I was so delirious that I stepped off the bus, and it was the middle of winter. It was freezing out, and I got off the wrong stop. But the cold sort of jarred me back to consciousness. My point is that low blood sugar can lead to loss of consciousness, and in extreme cases, coma and even death. Okay, what's, a, what's another symptom? I see a whole bunch that is from hypoglycemia, and that would be rapid heartbeat or heart rate or a sensation of palpitations in the chest. So rapid heartbeat or heart palpitations could mean that your blood sugar levels are too low. This is because blood sugar is impaired in your nervous system, and your nervous system controls, your autonomic nervous system controls your heartbeat. So you have these cardiovascular issues, you go to your primary doctor who refers you to the cardiologist, and the cardiologist just says, yeah, well, you have these problems, so I'll give you these medications. And oftentimes I will see people coming in with stacks full of laboratory tests. The first thing I do is take a look at those, those, those lab tests. And I'm thinking of my last patient yesterday, he has spent thousands of dollars and years of time seeing different practitioners, including many well-known holistic doctors, with no answers as to why 
he had these just weird sensations in his body. It was affecting, it was affecting him sexually as well. He was feeling panicky. He had other symptoms. I'm looking through his tests. And page after page, I'm finding all of these hormonal problems with him that are so obvious and blood sugar issue, all kinds of things. So I just want to warn you all that you must maintain a proactive stance even when you see holistic practitioners. Some of them are brilliant, I get it, but they are doing all these cutting age tests and they themselves do not know how to read them or put them together. Every page I was flipping through in this gentleman's laboratory test had yet another piece of useful information. So you must, must, must learn something about laboratory tests yourselves. And if you go on the Blood Detective website, you can go to intmedny.com. I'll repeat it, intmedny.com. Or you can go to blooddetective.com. Go to the blog section, look at the different radio shows, go to the video section at the top of the page, listen to some of the very short videos, or search the search bar on the homepage for laboratory tests. I've done a lot of laboratory uh, videos and also radio shows and a lot of uh, written content. And don't think for a minute that you can't learn this stuff. You can learn plenty of this stuff. I can promise you that... The more proactive you are, the more you know, it triggers healthcare providers to pay more and better attention to you. It just does. Let's talk about another symptom of hypoglycemia, and that would be hunger. Hunger might be your body's way of telling you that you need to eat to boost your blood sugar levels. But I need to say something important. I need you to hear this. The symptoms of low blood sugar might be rapid heart rate, it can be hunger, it could even be food aversion, it could be loss of consciousness or fuzzy thinking, it could also feel like tingling in your fingers and or your toes and feeling cold all the time. But here's what I wanted to say. All of those symptoms can also be symptoms of the exact opposite of low blood sugar, which is high blood sugar or hyperglycemia. Many of my patients are very shocked when I say that to them. And then I show them that they have actually, uh, they're actually suffering from hyperglycemia rather than hypo. And let's talk about food aversion. So I know it sounds a bit counterintuitive, but low blood sugar can cause feelings of aversion to foods or drinks, even if you should be hungry or thirsty. So in other words, you, you know you're hungry and thirsty, but you just don't want certain foods. You just don't want anything. This is because, in part, because having low blood sugar simply messes around with your brain and how your brain makes choices. And then what happens is people get into these habits where they don't eat things, they don't eat for breakfast, anything. They're skipping breakfast. And that is causing their body to adapt or maladapt to a hypoglycemic state. Let me go back to, since we're talking about the states of the brain, let me talk about mood changes a little bit more. Nervousness, anxiousness, irritability, all could be signs of hypoglycemia 
and are often signs of just the opposite hyperglycemia. Now, let me just, let's just take a sharp right turn here for a second. I'm talking about mood changes. I'm talking about all these different symptoms and signs that could mean hypoglycemia. But remember, for hypoglycemia to happen, for your blood sugar to drop, lots of different things need to take place in the body that may not take place every time you get hypoglycemia. In other words, you might have low blood sugar, hypoglycemia now because you have excessive insulin secretion. Insulin is that hormone, we're gonna talk a lot about it today, that's produced by the pancreas that puts glucose in your cells. You can remember it easily because insulin puts glucose in, insulin in your cells. That's how you can remember it. But if it does it excessively, then you get hypoglycemia in the blood and you can get all these symptoms and problems. But you can have hypoglycemia from problems other than insulin. Your insulin may work, your insulin secretion might be excessive, too much insulin. Or you might have normal insulin, but your insulin's overworking. And then the doctor looks at the insulin level and says, well, I don't know why you have these symptoms. The, the insulin is not excessive. You don't have hyperinsulinemia. Or your cells, your body tissues, might be taking up the sugar excessively through non-insulin mechanisms. They could be hormonal, they can be toxic. The list goes on and on. We'll talk about so many of them today. But mood changes, nervousness, anxiousness. I have seen patients who've been diagnosed with anxiety. And these people do not have true anxiety. I mean, they're experiencing anxiety, yes. But they're experiencing it because their blood sugar levels drop and their nervous system is starved of glucose and starts to give these alarm signals in the form of anxiousness or nervousness, even headaches. So if you have diabetes, for example, a headache may be a sign that you need to boost your blood sugar levels on the one hand. So blood sugar imbalances can create a lot of mysterious symptoms. So we've been talking about mostly hypoglycemia. That's low blood sugar. But you might have low blood sugar, folks, and your blood sugar may be going down, 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 very, very slowly. And it might not be obvious on testing. The rate at which your blood sugar drops is important as well. You might have, or on the other hand, listen to this. You haven't heard this yet. You might have low blood sugar on your blood test. It might show up as low glucose. It might show up as low fructosamine and low hemoglobin A1C. But you might not experience symptoms of low blood sugar because your blood sugar was dropping very slowly and your body was able to adapt to that. So what happens there? is doctors will say, well, yeah, you look a little, you're, like, you're a little hypoglycemic on your blood testing, but that's not a complaint of yours. You know, your complaint is that uh, you're just weak, although that is a symptom of low blood sugar. But doctors will blow, that, blow it off. They'll say, you know, 
you're not really presenting as hypoglycemia, although your blood shows it, so good luck. Or if the doctor's a little bit better, he or she will say, well, you need to eat you know, more complex carbohydrates, healthy fats and proteins, and you should eat something every couple of hours. And then other doctors will say, who are really smart, well, you don't wanna eat every couple of hours because that actually spikes your glucose. So there's all this different type of, uh, of advice given but the advice should not be based on just the blood sugar level anyway, because blood sugar problems never happen in a vacuum. Let's talk about visual disturbances. A common symptom of low blood sugar is blurry vision or other visual disturbances. Maybe your eyes just feel tired or you can't quite focus. And the optic nerve, the optic nerves which go to your eyeballs are actually um, very, very sensitive to fluctuations in blood sugar levels. So I see people all the time with diagnosed eye problems, and again, they just get stronger and stronger glasses, and they really needed to just have their blood sugar fixed. And then there's something else, and, and it's termed hypoglycemia awareness. So for example, if you have diabetes, which is hyperglycemia, you might actually also have periods of low blood sugar as well. So in other words, you're diagnosed with diabetes, which by definition is high blood sugar. So like picture high blood sugar as your ceiling. So if you look up where you're standing right now, that's your ceiling, that's hyperglycemia. You might drop to midway in the room, right? which is relatively speaking hypoglycemia, low blood sugar compared to the ceiling, but it's still high compared to the floor. So this is where you need to be what I call hypoglycemically aware, such that if you're a diabetic, you go, go through periods of drops in blood sugar, but within the high blood sugar range, so that's relative hyperglycemia. And this can create problems, again, in any organ of the body. It can cause everything from brain atrophy and contribute to dementia, to chronic inflammatory states, to mood changes, to energy changes, to sleep disturbances, even to just sensations of jitteriness or anxiety. So in terms of jitteriness, low blood sugar can make you feel shaky and jittery, and your mouth may tingle. Have you ever experienced that? I have. I remember, again, being a teenager, even younger, I was about, I was about 10 years old, and I used to crave grapes. And I would grab the, all of the grapes in the house, like a pound of them, and I would go in my room and I would eat all those grapes and I would eat them super fast because I would have symptoms of hypoglycemia. I just didn't know it was hypoglycemia and I didn't tell anyone because I thought it was kind of just me. I would get cold and clammy. I'd start to shake. I would get very anxious. I would get this tingling on the tip of my tongue and my fingers. That was classic hypoglycemia. I remember many, many, many times having, uh, asking my, my mom to, to buy me grapes and I'd eat the little pound or two of grapes. Did you know that grapes are the only fruit that is glucose? It's true. 
Grapes are simple glucose. So they're excellent foods for, let's say, during and just before and especially after you work out. So as a runner, at the end of a lot of these races, there'll be grapes and there'll be other simple carbohydrates like crackers and uh, pretzels. Um, I go for the grapes because of the healthier versions, but most people are not aware that fruit overall is fructose. Most fruit is fructose, which is a different kind of simple sugar and and it's metabolized very differently in the body, usually in a better way than glucose is. So the thing about grapes is that they're fine to have after you've um, worked out heavy and your blood sugar is low or you haven't eaten in a while. And I do want to say a few more things about glucose and fruit. And this is something you'll get much more detail if you listen to my other show called Glucose, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly that I mentioned at the, uh, at the beginning of the show, is that fruit is not evil. And if you have a blood sugar problem, you should not necessarily be running to lower your intake of fruit. It's actually kind of crazy because fruit has so many anti-cancer factors and so many cardiovascular and immune healthy elements in it. But people misunderstand that if you have a sugar problem, you should eliminate everything with sugar. First of all, you can't do that because as I said at the beginning, Protein, fats, and even complex carbohydrates are made of sugar, and they all get down to glucose eventually. But probably if you have a hypoglycemic problem, there are times when you're going to want to use grapes. And, there are, and most of the time, you're going to want to have a good intake of fruit. Most people's blood sugar problems, I dare say, are not primarily caused by sugar. They're caused by other problems, stress, toxicity, genetics, and a few other factors. Beyond jitteriness being a sign of hypoglycemia, clammy skin. So if you've got low blood sugar, you might notice that your skin is clammy. It's kind of moist and it's cool. And you can have low blood sugar. You might notice this clammy skin even if you don't feel hot. Because usually people feel hot when they have clammy skin. Your skin may look pale. You might even have the shakes or chills. So these tend to be symptoms of hypoglycemia, but they could all also be symptoms of hyper. Even poor balance. Before I talk about poor balance, I just want to make an announcement. You're listening to Ask the Blood Detective. We're talking about all the ways in which Blood sugar problems can affect you. My name is Dr. Michael Wald, and I practice in Westchester, New York, in a town called Mount Kisco. It's 55 minutes from the Grand Central Station uh, to Mount Kisco, and I want to invite everyone to my grand opening, which will be uh, October. What is that date again in October? It's the 26th. It's from 3.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. I want to come... I want you to come to the, uh, the grand opening. I want you to see all the technologies. I'll be giving short talks. We'll have healthy food. We can get to know each other. So, that, so mark your calendar down. That's October 26th. And it is in 
Katona, New York. It's a 55-minute ride from Grand Central Station. You just get off the train at Golden's Bridge, and you hop into the taxi. It's a three-minute ride. It's going to be a lot of fun and a lot of learning. You do need to RSVP, though, by emailing me at info at blooddetective.com, or you can call me at 914-552-1442. If you want to work with me personally, again, call me at 914-552-1442, and you can email me your desire to work with me and your radio show topics at info at blooddetective.com. So poor balance. So poor balance really refers to general weakness, uh, lightheadedness, dizziness. These are all warning signs of low blood sugar. You might even stumble or fall and have a dizzy spell. I had a patient more than one. So when you have blood sugar problems, of course you need to adjust your diet, but you need to know the cause or causes of the low blood sugar problems so you can adjust your diet specifically. If your blood sugar problem is from, let's say, heavy metals causing toxicity in your pancreas affecting your insulin secretion, then your food intake needs to be proportional to that cause, and your supplements must also match the cause or causes. So again, if your blood sugar problem is from, is from heavy metals, let's say mercury, then you need to have N-acetylcysteine as far as a supplement because NAC or N-acetylcysteine is a mercury chelator and it's a great one. If your blood sugar problem is from chronic inflammation, you probably need decosinohexanoic acid or the DHA portion of omega-3s, which reduces inflammation. If your blood sugar problem is from a vascular problem, if it's from a cardiac problem, then you might need Hawthorne. You might need acetyl-L-carnitine. You might need L-taurine. You might need magnesium. Now, just because you eat foods that might have these nutrients in them, that doesn't mean you're absorbing the amount of these supplements that you need. So what I'm trying to say here, for those of you that uh, are actual patients of mine and that we've just talked about this, and I promise you I'd mention this on the radio, or anyone out there, is that you are not what you eat. You are what you absorb from what you eat. And even if you absorb normally, which almost no one does, who is above 50, you might need to absorb foods three, four, five times normal to get the concentration of certain nutrients that you need. That is why I am a big believer in the use of nutritional supplements. Okay. So let's talk about diabetes and insulin. So the most common reasons for low blood sugar are some medications used to treat diabetes, such as insulin. So in type 1 diabetes, the pancreas can no longer produce insulin. So in type 1, I'll repeat that, the pancreas can no longer produce insulin, so the blood sugar levels are super high. In type 2 diabetes, the pancreas doesn't make enough insulin, or your body can't use the insulin properly. 
and that's called insulin resistance. And there's all sorts of nutrition, particularly phytonutrients that help insulin resistance. So I have four superfoods products. I've mentioned them in, in other shows, which I call Detox 1, 2, 3, and 4. I always put every patient that I have that I suspect blood sugar problems uh, or any chronic inflammatory issue or chronic health problem on these four superfoods at a half of a scoop of each, all of them mixed together at once, diluted in water to taste. Uh, lots of phytonutrients improve insulin resistance. I don't know if we'll have the time to go over all of them, well, or even a few of them on this show, but know that they are in my Detox 1, Detox 2, 3, and 4 products, which you can get at the uh, blooddetective.com website. So too much insulin or oral diabetic medication can lower the blood sugar level, leading to hypoglycemia. However, contrary to popular belief, low blood sugar isn't exclusive to diabetes. In fact, I can tell you that most people with low blood sugar do not have diabetes. So another possible cause of low blood sugar is drinking too much alcohol, for example especially over long periods of time, because alcohol interferes with the, with the liver's ability to create uh, a buildup of glucose and then release it into the bloodstream when you need it. But other important causes of low blood sugar include these causes. Now, I'm going to mention a couple of causes. You might want to write these down because you're not hearing these uh, very often. You might have a kidney problem. Kidney disorders will cause low blood sugar. But here's the problem. On testing, the kidney test like creatinine will only show a problem once you've lost about 30% percentage points of your kidney function. And by then, you're almost certainly experiencing blood sugar problems. So what do you do if you suspect that you have blood sugar problems, but your blood testing isn't showing anything because you haven't lost 30% yet? Well, this is where natural medicine is very convenient. If done right, I could focus, for example, on your kidneys nutritionally by, well, I'll tell you how in a minute. But I can focus on it nutritionally, and if I do it smart, I can do it in a way that I won't hurt you. So if, even if I'm wrong and there's nothing wrong with your kidneys, I can't hurt you. But if I'm right, you get improved renal function or kidney function, and your blood sugar is improved. So how do you manage kidney problems that are adding to your hypoglycemia? I really hope you're understanding this, guys, because we're talking about conditions, kidney disorders. I'm about to speak of liver function problems. I'm about to speak of malabsorption and even tumors of the pancreas and adrenal gland problems, even infections. All of those things can affect your blood sugar. So do you really think if you have an infection that's affecting your blood sugar by you eliminating fruit is going to help you? 
The answer is no. You might think it is, some of you, because it's wishful thinking and you produce a placebo and you might feel better for some period of time. But if you look at your efforts honestly, and if you haven't fixed your glucose problems and you've eliminated all your fruit, you you might want to rethink about adding them back. So your kidneys can be deficient, causing blood sugar problems because of aging. It's very common to have what's known as chronic renal failure that can show up as just the most mild kidney abnormality on a blood test. This would have to show up on a blood test, by the way, everyone. And your doctor will say, oh yeah, well, that's just chronic renal failure and you're, you're over 60, that's not very common. It's renal failure. It's not okay. It is common, but it's not okay. But the doctors say this because they really don't have a treatment for it yet, unless the cause of the renal failure is very obvious. So one cause might be diabetes, where blood sugar destroys the nephrons of the kidneys, and then uh, you can develop periods of hyperglycemia and hypoglycemia. But a more common cause of low blood sugar, other than sugar, is cardiovascular disease, is hypertension, high blood pressure. High blood pressure destroys the renal tissue. Finally, when you've lost at least 30% of it, your blood test shows it. But by then, you've got a lot of work to do. So the, so the treatment would have to be focusing on fixing the the hypertension. And that may have nothing to do with your fruit intake or your sugar intake. I'm trying to make the point here, maybe too much. The simple mindedness of having a blood sugar problem and not eating fruit. Okay. Another cause of kidney problems that might cause hypoglycemia would be heavy metals. Metal toxins are, uh, very, very toxic to the renal tissue, to the kidney tissue. And then you might have tumors of your kidney. There's many problems, but let me move on to other causes of hypoglycemia. Hepatitis, inflammation of the liver. You can have inflammation of the liver because you have hepatitis A, which is an infection. You could have hepatitis B. You could have hepatitis C. You can have hepatitis from hypertension, you can, remember, hepatitis is just a fancy word for inflammation of the liver. And inflammation of the liver can cause, can be caused from many, many, many causes. Even Lyme disease can cause hepatitis, which can cause hypoglycemia. So the treatment for that hypoglycemia would be to treat the Lyme disease. You see? There is an all too simple, simple mindedness that I sometimes see even in natural medicine where If there is a problem with blood sugar, you eliminate all sugar, which I hope now you can see is not the answer most of the time. You have to treat the cause of the sugar problem. If you have an eating disorder like anorexia or you have malabsorption because let's say you're over 50, so you malabsorb, and I check malabsorption causes with patients, Malabsorption would cause problems with blood sugar. If you malabsorb things, your blood sugar tends to drop. Very common for people with malabsorption disorders or eating disorders to have hypoglycemia. So you need to treat those 
uh, absorption problems. I had a patient um, several years back. I remember her because she was very, very smart at natural health care. And, and she really understood her health problem. And she was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. And I look at her laboratory work, and she has uh, a blood sugar of about 50, which is pretty severely hypoglycemic. To make a long story short, I did a workup on her, and I eventually identified that she had a pancreatic tumor. The tumor was successfully removed, and her fibromyalgia went away, because fibromyalgia is not a real thing. It's just a term that refers to a bunch of symptoms in the body that can be caused by any number of things. Hers was caused by a tumor. Sometimes it's caused by hypothyroidism. Sometimes it's caused by hypoadrenalism. Sometimes it's caused by problems with the anterior pituitary gland. Sometimes fibromyalgia is caused by problems with the nervous system. And remember, hypoglycemia is a symptom of other causes. I'm going to repeat that. Hypoglycemia, low blood sugar, I'll say it a little differently, is never the cause of itself. When blood sugar drops, one or more things have caused blood sugar to drop. It's just like iron anemia. The cause of iron anemia, sure, is iron, but what is the cause of the low iron? Maybe it's internal bleeding. Maybe it's menstruation. Maybe it's malabsorption. Maybe it's inflammation causing iron deficiency. So another cause of hypoglycemia is adrenal gland disorders. So the adrenal glands are in constant communication with the thyroid gland, and the thyroid is in constant communication, therefore, with the adrenals, and both of those glands are in constant communication with the anterior pituitary gland. And there's hormones secreted between these three organs that also talk to the liver and also talk to the digestive tract and also talk to the pancreas. So I always make it my business for whenever I'm trying to help manage someone's blood sugar problems to consider hormonal causes or triggers or side effects of blood sugar problems. So when your blood sugar levels are too low, your cells become starved of energy. At first, you might notice minor symptoms. You might be just hungry. You might have a headache. Also, if you don't get, uh, don't, don't get your blood sugar levels up in time, you may have very serious complications. It could tr trigger a regular headache. It can trigger a migraine. Uh, again, blurry vision, uh, problems uh, remembering certain things. You can't quite speak right. So to keep your blood sugar levels from rising too much, which is called hyperglycemia, you need the right amount of insulin. With insufficient insulin, your blood sugar levels rise. On the other hand, too much insulin your, your, uh, may cause your blood sugar levels to drop quickly. And I've been talking about the connection between the digestive tract a little bit, the hormonal or endocrine system and the circulatory system. Let me just speak to that for a few minutes. So, after you eat, so after you eat, your digestive system breaks down carbohydrates and turns them into glucose. Essentially, glucose is your body's fuel, fuel source. So as your sugar levels rise, your pancreas releases the hormone insulin, which keeps your glucose 
and prevents it from getting uh, too, too low. So if you have insulin-dependent diabetes, you must take the right amounts of insulin to get the, uh, the job done of sugar balance. And any excess glucose goes into your liver for storage. So when you go a few hours without eating, blood sugar levels go down. If you have a healthy pancreas, it releases a hormone called glucagon to make up for the absence of food. And that hormone tells your liver to process the stored sugars and release them into your bloodstream. So if you have sugar problems or digestive problems, you can now see how problems with these organs can mess up your blood sugar, which just eliminating sugar itself is just not enough to, to manage. Regardless of the different causes of hypoglycemia, there's a few common symptoms to look out for. So low blood sugar levels can be caused by a variety of problems within your body. We've established that. Cardiac problems, central nervous system problems, digestive problems, hormonal problems, the list goes on and on. Early symptoms of hypoglycemia are usually weakness, dizziness, lightheadedness, and headaches can occur from a lack of glucose, especially if you have diabetes. Now, you might also feel signs of just increased stress, uh, such as nervousness, anxiety, and, and even irritability. When blood sugar levels drop during the night, you might get nightmares. You might cry out during sleep, or you might have other sleep disturbances like sleep apnea. And then you use a CPAP machine for the rest of your life, which is horrible when you really needed your blood sugar fixed. It is amazing to me how many people out there have sleep apnea from blood sugar problems and they're sleeping with these big machines which, which kill their sex lives, which, which, which do affect their, their sleeping too. Um, and the problem of blood sugar is not fixed. You might experience with low blood sugar problems, lack of coordination, chills, clammy skin, and sweating can happen with hypoglycemia tingling or numbness of the mouth and uh, is very common. People tell me they have tingling around their mouth. But you also might have blurry vision, you might have headache, you might have confusion. And the everyday tasks that you got done, they're just really hard to do. So left untreated, blood sugar problems can be very, very dangerous. I've even seen them cause seizures in people and even death. So I hope that you've been able to see that blood sugar issues are complex. Blood sugar problems are almost never caused solely by blood sugar. Yes, if you eat a highly refined processed carbohydrate diet, you can precipitate either diabetes or hypoglycemia if you're genetically susceptible. But low blood sugar or high blood sugar may be caused by all sorts of problems and it's and these problems generally affect the entire body, either initially or eventually. So if you have that a strictly dietary caused hypoglycemia, your whole body is gonna be affected. When you get symptoms, um, let's say of shakiness, that's your nervous system. But it also affects your hormones, which affect your liver, which affect your digestive tract. So you must be looked at holistically. Your testing must be holistic and it must be read and interpreted in a holistic fashion. 
that's a really important point. This gentleman that I mentioned to you earlier in the show, who I looked at about two inches of his lab tests, he had practitioners look at a lot of these tests at once and they failed to read the results holistically. I guess they read each test separately. I, I really don't know. I can't understand. I can't believe how they missed so many of these things that were there if they just read all the tests together. So when balancing blood sugar, whether it's high blood sugar or low blood sugar, a combination of improvement in lifestyle, including stress, sleep habits, eating quality, including the timing of eating, and the smart use of nutritional supplements, very, very essential and very important. I use a body composition test on all people that I'm trying to fix blood sugar with because if you do not know the metabolic rate of the individual, you cannot manage the diet appropriately. If you do not match the, meta not match the metabolic needs of the patient, then you've basically failed before you've even started. If you do not have tests of absorption checked, then how can we rely on what you're eating in any way if you're malabsorbing it? We need to know how you absorb. If you have a certain job or, you've been, or you once worked in a profession that might have exposed you to toxins or you live somewhere where there are toxic exposures, heck, if you eat fish, you're exposing yourself to toxins. You wanna measure toxicity, toxicity. And then the diet and nutritional supplements and the lifestyle have to match your needs. So you've been listening to Ask the Blood Detective. My name is Dr. Michael Wald. Thank you so much for listening. Send me your show ideas or register for the uh, grand opening of my new office in Katona, New York on October, what did I keep saying it was? October 26th. It starts at 3.30, it ends at 7.30. We'll have vegetarian and vegan foods. You'll see all the technologies. There'll be health talks, lots of people, lots of great conversation. I'd love you to be there. Email me at info at blooddetective.com or call me at 914-552-1442. Thanks again, everyone, and I'll see you very soon. Bye-bye.